Hello and welcome to Backpacking Around, the budget travel podcast. My name is Tommy Barlow, one of your fascinating, we're going to go for fascinating today, fascinating hosts. And joining me today is the equally fascinating Elliot Noble. Hello, Tommy. So in today's podcast, we dive into transport and scams in India. So we talk about trains, buses, tuk-tuks. We talk about common scams, bargaining, haggling, many, many wonderful stuff. So my highlight of the episode was just all the crazy stories that we told. Elliot's got a very, very interesting one about pens in Amritsar. Um, stay tuned for that. I don't want to give too much away, but it is a banger. And one of my highlights is is Tom's fun stories from the mountains of North India. Just stay tuned. you got a lot coming your way. To be quite honest, I think this is the most entertaining one we've done so far. So you really do have a good episode to listen to. So without further ado, let's start the podcast. Da-da-da. So hello, Tom. How are you doing? Hi, mate. Um, yeah, I'm doing all right. Just winding down with the school year now. So that's good. Final few classes going along. We had a storm come up from Africa, which was pretty cool. And it, well, it wasn't cool. It was really hot, actually. It made it almost unbearable. <laughs> See, that is very interesting. An African storm in Bulgaria. African storm in Bulgaria. It, you could see the sand in the air, like it was causing this sort of foggy haze around the city. Um, so that was nice. Um, but now, it, like, I'm looking out the window and the clouds are as grey as the buildings. So oh, there you go. <laughs> How you doing, mate? Yeah, I'm good. Uh, I'm also looking out at grey clouds as well uh, in Ireland, which is, you know, quite usual and typical for here. Uh, but yeah, all good. Lockdown is beginning to end. People can uh, resume normal life, so cannot complain. And now that I'm chatting to you, Tom, I'm even better. So life is all good. Oh, that's good to hear, mate. <laughs> Thanks. So if you listened to our podcast last week, or if you're listening in the future, and you listened to it a few minutes ago, you'll know we are currently talking about India. And in last week, we sort of gave you the lowdown of what to pack, what to do before you go, and what to expect in your first few days. Unfortunately, Elliot here made a bit of a boo-boo, and uh, he's got a big apology to make to the people of India and to the people of the, the globe, really. I say it's, it's Elliot. It's really both of us, but we're oh, no, I feel like I, I need to apologize because uh, I made a terrible mistake in while we were talking about food and drinks in India. I forgot to mention chai. And for anyone listening, that is absolutely criminal. If anyone has been to India, everybody knows about chai. So I apologize not mentioning chai. Chai is a great drink. It's a tea they drink in India made on milk, filled with sugar, incredibly delicious and tasty. And the fact that I didn't mention it last week. Uh, I'm lucky I didn't have some Indians coming after me. <laughs> it's it's a delicious uh, drink. And it's just nice if you're walking around a city to just stop, chill out for 10, 15 minutes, grab yourself a chai, sit down, have a chat. And um, yeah, it, it's it's really an integral part of the travel in India experience. It is. So. You don't have, in India, you don't have pit stops. You sort of had, have chai stops. <laughs> um, I'll never forget you know, you sort of could have two or three chai stops a day um, where you just refuel yourself on, on delicious chai and filled with loads of sugar. And yeah, that keeps you going while you're 
while you're out and about. Mm. And how much how much was a chai when you were traveling in India? I'm wondering if it's the same price or if I got ripped off. Ten rupees. Yeah, okay. So that's what I was paying in most places as well. Yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> ten rupees in most places is, is standard. You get your little plastic cup. Uh, some places give you little glass cups and, and you just sort of sip away on your chai. Um, it's not like a full-size tea. It's a little small small cup of tea. And uh, yeah, 10 rupees is about... It's about 10 cents in euros. So it's not that expensive. It's, it's really, really cheap, yeah. Um, so that's the apologies out of the way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sorry again. So let's get into this week's podcast. So last week we spoke about preparing yourself for India, budget, all that sort of stuff. So if you haven't landed in India yet, go back, listen to that one. But if you're in India, this is a perfect podcast for you. And if you're not in India, this is also the perfect podcast for you. If you're not in India, then, well, I mean, currently it's quarantine, so fair enough. But when quarantine is over, get on that flight and go visit because it's, it's pretty cool. And hopefully we're going to convince you why in uh, a later podcast, we're going to talk about some different destinations to visit. Um, but yes, let's get on with, with this week's edition of the Backpacking Around podcast. Yes, so this week we are going to get on to transport. So obviously we spoke about last week preparing, landing, all that stuff. But now that you're in India, you want to get about get about the place. So, Tom, what was your preferred method of transport while you were in India? Well, I spent most of my time on buses going from city to city. But I actually preferred the trains. The trains were mm. much nicer, um, a lot more comfortable. You were able to stretch your legs a bit more. Um, but often the buses were just that little bit more practical in terms of booking. Mm. Um, the reason for that being there is a plethora of apps available. Um, I personally used Redbus and RTC to book the buses when I was there. Um, you can download them quick and simply, put in your car details and boom, you're booking your buses and they tell you the times, you can pick your seats. Yeah, it's, it's pretty good. No, I completely agree. I, I think train trains are, are great and an integral part of traveling in India. If you go to India, you have to do a train journey, but they can be difficult. And I remember the last time being there, they sort of book out at funny times and they do this sort of waiting list. So you could be, if three people, ca- you could be the fourth person to have a seat. So you could be the fourth person on a waiting list. It gets very confusing. I'm not going to go into it, but... If you're traveling or if you have a local book a train for you, uh, go to a travel agency and have a local book a train for you because that is a lot easier than doing it yourself. The website's difficult to navigate. So, yeah, if you want to keep things simple, go with the bus. But when you do want to get a train, just do it through a travel agency. I think that saves a lot of stress and confusion. Yeah, or alternatively in the hostel, you can ask people working there to help you out. And, you know, 99 times out of 100, they'll you know, they'll be more than happy to help you. Now, in terms of buses, there's quite a few different types of buses you can get. Um, You can go with the local uh, interstate transport, which is probably the most rustic bus you can get on. A lot of them are open windowed. You're going to be quite cramped, but they are the cheapest. Now, there are more expensive options for travelers, such as the Volvo buses and, and, and more sort of travel agency buses. So did you take a mixture of of those or what type of bus did you go with i i did take a mixture actually um i've got a funny story of, of my first time on a bus in india um which ties into the trains as well so i was in delhi and i was planning to leave uh, to go up to amritsar 
which is um, in the northwest of the country. We'll tell you a bit more about it um, in a future podcast. But I was waiting at the train station for this train, and lo and behold, it was late. It was... Surprise, surprise! <laughs> it, it wasn't even late at the time. It was delayed, and I was sat there thinking, okay, I've got six hours until it's going to arrive. Go back to the hostel, I could stay here, and I'm sat there thinking, what should I do, what should I do? When this guy comes up to me, Indian guy, and he's like, oh, are you waiting for the bus to Amritsar? Uh, sorry, are you waiting for the train to Amritsar? Yeah, I am. Who are you? <laughs> <laughs> um, but it was this really, really nice um, guy who was going up to Amritsar. He was living in Vienna, and his name was Inder. And he said, look, I'm going up to Amritsar as well. This train says it's delayed six hours. It's going to be longer. Trust me. I'm getting a bus. I can help you if you want. Fine. Why not? That is awesome. What a lovely guy. Yeah, it, it was brilliant. Um, and he helped me get this bus ticket and we sat on the bus and we were talking for hours and hours about uh, his religion, which is Sikhism, uh, which if you do go to the Northwest, you will find out all about Sikhism. But one of their key mantras is helping people, helping people in need whenever possible. And that's what he did. He helped me out. And eventually he got up there and he was reunited with his family after, I think, a year away. Oh, wow. And they took me to the train station uh, to jump on a bus. Uh, sorry, to jump on a train from this town we were in just outside Amritsar. And they provided me with chai, of course. I mean, it was just an all-around lovely experience. That sounds um, amazing. That is so cool. And what a lovely guy. The Sikhs are really incredible people, like most Indians. And so obviously this guy was from, this guy was from Amritsar. Uh, from near, but he'd been to Amritsar many times and he oh. gave me a few little pieces of advice. Yeah, we'll, we'll come on to Amritsar in, in the future. Um, but the bus itself was cramped. It was crazy, but it was beautiful and fun. I, I completely agree. I think the way you described it there is, is the perfect way to describe a public bus in India. They are cramped. They are crazy. But you cannot complain about being bored on a local Indian bus because there's people hopping off constantly, hopping on constantly. Usually, and the Indians are so friendly, someone's going to strike up a conversation with you. They'll be like, oh, there's a white guy. Let's let's talk to him. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I found I've had similar experiences where I, I've started chatting to people or a lot of them sort of take an interest in what are you doing here and, and where are you going? And a lot of them are very happy to help, which I found not common in every country. So yeah, Indians are, are super friendly that way. Did you ever get the opportunity to go on a sleeper bus? No, I never went on a sleeper bus. I've been on two sleeper trains. Both of them were miserable experiences. <laughs> <laughs> that was purely because I was underprepared and I was in the Himalayas. So I was very, very cold at night. I didn't sleep, uh, but it was kind of my own fault. And I, I booked second or third class. So yeah, I didn't really splurge out. So, but what about you, Tom? Have you ever been on a sleeper bus? Yeah, I went on, um, I think I've been on two. But the, the one I remember most was coming down from Rishikesh to Agra. And it was pouring with rain. And it was pitch black at night. Thunderstorm as well. There was no bus shelter. I actually had to hide in a tuk-tuk that was parked there with these uh, five Indian men playing <laughs> cards and smoking, waiting for this bus. Because... They weren't going anywhere. I wasn't going anywhere. 
And um, yeah, and then eventually they left. <laughs> and I had to stand in the pouring rain for 10 minutes. Um, but I got on the bus and I was like, okay, I'm going straight to sleep. Tried to go to sleep and realized my pillow was wet. Oh, no. The water had come in through the window. And yes, yeah, so that was fun. So obviously, uh, if you've been to Indy, you'll know the driving can be a little bit erratic and, and crazy and dangerous. Have you ever been on a bus where you felt the driver was driving a little bit crazily? Um, yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, up in the mountains in the north, you do think, okay, I might die. <laughs> but you've just got to realize that, you know, they drive these on a, you know, on a daily basis. They know these roads um, and they're not, they're unlikely to put their own lives in danger. So, yeah. I, I, I tend to lean on the side of, okay, almost certainly going to be fine. You, for some reason in India, the chaos works and they mm. all know and understand how it works. And obviously beeping is a big thing. Uh, you beep all the time. It's not just when you're angry at a driver, you beep to let them know where you are. Um, so that's something you'll get used to is the constant beeping. Um, it definitely took me by surprise at the start. I was sort of wondering what, what was going on. But one experience I had that definitely unnerved me a little bit was going from McLeod Gange, which we'll talk about in this the part three of this segment of podcasts, was going from McLeod Gange to Amritsar. And I was with a Danish guy, English guy, and a Swiss couple who were lovely, and we were heading to see the Golden Temple. Uh, but the driver was driving like an absolute uh, nutcase, and he was beeping. He seemed to be in some sort of race. I feel like the bus may have been delayed and he was racing to make up time, but I'll never forget the Danish guy I was with screaming and shouting at the bus driver uh, in English, so he had no idea what he was talking about, calling him crazy, saying you mad this and mad that, and it was very funny because when we stopped and took a break, the same bus driver came up to us, uh, to me and the Danish guy Morten, and asked, could we get a photo with him? Uh, so, <laughs> I still have that photograph and it was quite funny because uh he clearly didn't really realize what my danish friend was shouting uh at him for so. i'm just wondering if um obviously listeners we we met and we traveled in in armenia and georgia before um and we traveled from georgia down to Yerevan in a shared taxi and we almost were in an accident there where we were overtaking a few lorries and they screeched the brakes and yeah, that was kind of scary. I don't know how early you feel about that compared to India, which one had more erratic driving. I definitely feel there were similarities between Eastern European driving and India. I feel like because there's so much traffic in a lot of places in India, they can't go as fast uh, and it just works. I haven't seen any crashes. Indian driving also reminded me a little bit of Cambodia, uh, the driving there. I'll never forget one occasion, and this is going off on a tangent slightly, but this is what we do on this podcast, so bear with me. Can we, should we perhaps rename this podcast The Tangent? <laughs> yeah, we're not backpacking around, we're just sort of the tangent, we'll talk about stuff and bits and bobs. <laughs> <laughs> but we were going from Phnom Penh to Sihanoukville, so Phnom Penh is the capital of Cambodia, and Sihanoukville is like this beach sort of party town. And we were going there, so we decided to hire a private taxi to get us there. Uh, just to make a little bit of backstory, for the previous few days while we were in Phnom Penh, we had a tuk-tuk driver 
who took us around to many different places. He was a wonderful man. And we told him we're looking for a driver to take us to this beach town. And he said, well, my brother can do it for you. So one day his brother, he took us. We should also point out that like, we would have got the bus, but it actually worked out cheaper to get this private taxi divided by four people. Yeah, because it was four of us at, this, at that time. There was obviously myself, Tom, uh, Tia, a wonderful Swiss girl, and uh, Dom. But what happened on that drive was Tom was sitting in the front seat reading a book. Dom and Tia were sleeping in the back. And I was wide awake uh, watching how crazily this driver was driving. And it was a terribly frightening and upsetting drive for me. But uh, everyone else was completely oblivious. So, uh, yeah, you might not remember that, Tom, because I think you were reading a book. Yeah, I was I was quite into my book. Should we get back to India? Back to India. <laughs> back to India. The trains. I loved the trains. I, I found them so much fun. I actually decided that I wanted to do a really long train journey because it's it's part of traveling in India. And so my final day in India was traveling. So I got this train from Delhi to Kolkata. And I think it was scheduled as something like 28 hours wow. overnight. And it was so much fun. I remember the man coming down the, the alleyway on the, the alleyway, the gangway on the train always shouting bani bani jai bani jai maggi maggi bani jai and it, it just had that really nice musical quality to it and it was lovely and i would sit there i sat there in my little bed and i got my maggie which had like noodles and i ate those and I'd get a chai and i drink that and i'd get pani which is uh water and i think at one random station i ordered some food to be delivered because you can do this as an app where you can order food to your specific wagon and when the train stops, they're standing there waiting. You jump out, you pay them, you grab your food. I never knew that. It's incredible just how organized all that is. So I had a, a nice little different dish to eat. And unlike in Western Europe, I guess Eastern Europe as well, people don't get annoyed by you eating curry on the train. No, <laughs> no they do not. And how did you deal with um, the bathroom situation on the trains? Because often it is just a hole through the train and whatever comes out goes onto the track. So it was a weird experience for me. Yeah, I, I just used the toilet when I needed to. <laughs> I did I, I tried to not go there often. I mean who often who plans to go to the toilet? Oh well, you know, better go visit the toilet later. That sounds <laughs> it's like been fun. an hour and a half. <laughs> Time to um, go. But no, um like we said before, take toilet roll with you, take um antibacterial hand wash so you've got that with you. So you did you? Can... Sorry, what I meant to ask was, did you find it uncomfortable at all, um, or unpleasant having to use a bathroom on an Indian train? I mean, let's put it on like, like this: I, I wouldn't want to repeat that. But if the trade-off is being able to be in India and travel on the trains yeah. and have the whole experience, it's worth it. Yeah, I mean, in terms of bathroom experiences, it wouldn't rate very highly on your your toilet experiences. <laughs> It, it's probably in the in the bottom ten. Oh, okay. Uh, if you're pardon the pun. <laughs> <laughs> uh, also, in a future podcast, we're going to do a podcast on rate your toilet experiences. <laughs> uh, we're going to rename the podcast to going off on a tangent as well, so it'll kind of kind of tie in with that. Yeah. <laughs> we've spoken about trains, we've spoken about buses, but one big way of getting around in India is by tuk tuk. So one. Tuk-tuks are 
Well, what are tuk-tuks, Tom? <laughs> because my mind has left me. Hmm, how do we explain what a tuk-tuk is? Well, a tuk-tuk is it's usually three-wheeler, yeah. um, and it's basically like a, a bike, like a, a motorbike that's got some extra seats on the back, um, and they're used within cities um, to get around within the city, and they are everywhere. Everyone's using them. Um, they're comfortable, usually, and you can haggle a price. Yep. Um, so never accept the first price you get quoted. Yep. By, by the, the main thing on a tuk-tuk is you are going to have to haggle and bargain. And, and that can be quite fun. Uh, for some people, maybe stressful. But as, as Tom said, never agree on the first price. Usually the price you get quoted, the fair price is probably about half of, of that. So that's sort of a way to go. And there's just a, a couple of things uh, that I learned in my last trip on India, and and they are called tuk-tuks, but in India they often refer to them as rickshaws. Mm. And there's a couple of different types of rickshaws in India, so if you say tuk-tuk, sometimes they'll use a different term. So there's three types that I know of, and maybe there's a couple more that you know of, Tom, but one is an e-rickshaw. So they're becoming more popular in India, they're small... Uh, electric rickshaws. Uh, usually they carry two or three people and they're probably going to be the cheapest, but their top speed is about 20 miles an hour. So if you want to get somewhere quick, don't go with the knee rickshaw. The second is like a regular rickshaw, which is what we're sort of talking about. And the third is a Vikram. And a Vikram is the big blue shared tuk-tuks. Uh, so they usually carry eight people and they're going to be the cheapest but you're probably going to be squashed in with a lot of other people. So there are sort of the three the three ones that I used while I was there. Yeah, there is one other which um, I used in, let's guess the location, Amritsar, this story again. Tom, you're quite <laughs> the fan of Amritsar. <laughs> well, this whole experience was in, within my first week of, of India, and I was sort of getting used to everything, and and I wanted to get to my hostel quickly, cheaply, and so I spoke to this guy and I, you know, haggled down a nice price and I was like, okay, let's get going. And I, he brought me to his vehicle, which was a push bike. Oh! Push bike with the seats in the back. And, oh, I did not know how far the hostel was going to be <laughs> from, uh, from the train station. I thought it would be maybe a five, maybe ten minute maximum journey. It ended up being about 25 minutes wow. in this push bike. At one point, we started going up a hill, and I had to get out and help him push the push <laughs> Um And the hostel owner, it's like half 12. Where are you? Are you even coming? I'm like, yeah, I'm in the tuk So And he's like, okay, you'll be here in five minutes then. And yeah, obviously, I wasn't. Um, that is very funny. And that sort of thing happens with e-rickshaws as well. Uh, my last time in India, I, I stayed in an ashram, which was in the middle of nowhere in India. And every time a couple of us from the ashram wanted to go into town, we would get an e-rickshaw. And there was this one hill going into this little town uh, where people, will, a couple of people will have to jump out to help also push it up the hill. Because... You sort of start going up the hill and then you sort of slow to a standstill. And if people don't get out, you are going down the hill. So, <laughs> But these are some of the fun experiences you're going to have in India. It's uh, it's fun and full of adventure. and yeah. Oh, 100%. Yeah. One other thing, um, just on the subject of these rituals and the tuks, is there are 
increases that you can take part in where you essentially rent a withdrawal for a period of time and you go across the country. Um, you can probably buy your own. I'm not sure on the legality of this, but people do it. Buy a, a rickshaw and then drive across the country, go to their own places. So, you know, you can use it as a means of getting from city to city, but it's not the most common. Yes, I mean, that is for our, a very daring, maybe more experienced backpacker, but I have heard of it. And uh, a Vikram, which are the largest type of tuk-tuk, I have heard costs about 2,000 US dollars. So it, it's actually not as expensive as I thought, and it would make for a hell of a trip. Maybe that's something we have to do in the future, Tom. Yeah, new series of new season of backpacking around. We go, we go get a tuk-tuk drive around uh that sounds very similar to uh, another YouTube channel that we follow. We're just ripping off the budget here. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so obviously we spoke a bit about haggling and making sure you don't get ripped off. There are quite a large number of scams that happen and you've just got to be careful for these. Did you have any experiences yourself earlier? You, usually uh, the worst was with travel agencies or so-called government agencies where you are i remember i bought a package where i was flown from delhi to srinagar and i was meant to be put up in a hotel um and i ended up just staying in this guy's house um and a lot of things that i was meant to get just didn't transpire so yeah that sort of thing can happen a lot of it is just disagreements over over pricing of things uh you agree to one price and then suddenly they change it so I guess the biggest tip I'd advise, if you agree on a price, shake on it and, and, and say, we are agreeing to this price and make it really, really clear so there's no confusion because that usually, that has happened to me quite a few times. But what about you, Tom? Have you been scammed while um, in India? I think maybe once I was um, in Jaipur. We, our Toto driver took us to this sort of textiles area and they did this soft sell of, they did a soft sell of shirts. Mm. And if you've watched our series in Georgian Armenia, um, I have this really nice turquoisey pink floral shirt. That is a beautiful shirt. It's, and I love it. It's one of my favorite shirts. But I got this in India from this textiles place. And I'm not sure whether I paid a good price for it. Oh. I think I did. I hope I did. Um, but I bought a couple of shirts from there. I didn't have any other experiences where I was majorly scammed, um, but somebody I was uh, doing a day trip with in Jaipur, uh, we went up to the fort there, the castle, I'm not sure what, what the right word is, but we went up there and there was a snake charmer. Oh! And this guy went over to the snake charmer and sort of you know, played around with the snake or something like that, and then at the end the snake charmer asked for a thousand rupees. Oh wow. Which is I think it's about ten euros, something like that. So it's not a huge amount of money, but it's you know, it's still quite a lot, especially when you're traveling in India. That's like a daily budget in India. Well exactly. Um and I think the guy ended up paying four hundred rupees. So that's something to look out for. Also um selfie people. Um a lot of the time in India you're gonna get propositioned for selfies. Um but Sometimes people dress up in regalia, and if you want a selfie with them, or you go up and take a selfie with them, they're going to ask for money after you've taken the photo. Yeah. So be careful for that one. That has happened a couple of times. Uh, most recently, when I was in India, I was having a day out with the, this guy who was 
who was big into his photography, and he asked some sadhus. Uh, a sadhu is like a, a, a holy man or a spiritual man in India, and they look, they dress very differently. They dress in all orange robes, and he asked, could he have a photo? And then afterwards, they said, oh, that's going to be 20 rupees. <laughs> so sometimes, yeah, you'll get charged for, for taking pictures. Uh, one little fun story, and I wasn't massively scammed. I was robbed, but I, I couldn't help feel sorry for uh, the kids who robbed me. Uh, it also occurred in Amritsar, which we seem to be talking about a lot in this podcast, but I was on the walking street in Amritsar with a, a guy, a couple of guys I was traveling with, and there was these group of kids who were selling pens for like 10 rupees, these big long pens. And I didn't, I bought one for like 10 rupees, but I didn't have a bag on me at the time, so this big long pen had to go into my pocket. So about five Wait, minutes... Did they, did they so, steal the pen bags? So they... they that's exactly what happened, Tom, and I bought it twice. So this scam these kids were doing, they were selling pens to people, really long pens that were really awkward to fit into a bag, so they'd have to put it in their pocket or hold it. So they would then come up to you, steal it back off you, and then resell you the pen they stole. I mean, I've never met more entrepreneurial kids in my life. It was incredible, really. So I bought two, I bought, I bought, I paid for the price of two pens and left the market with no pens. They sold it back again. Oh, yeah, mate, of course. I got no pen out of it, and I paid 20 rupees. They just kept stealing it off me. Well, listeners, if you want to send Elliot a pen, because right now he is he is without pen, uh, he's unable to write, you know, please let us know. Send us a message uh, on Instagram yeah. and tell us, you know, we want to send Elliot a pen. I'm sure he would really appreciate yeah. it. We're actually going to create a charity. It's called Send Elliot a Pen Foundation. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the Backpacking Around podcast. Myself and Tom had a lot of fun recording it. We shared some great stories and hopefully offered you, the listener, some great advice. Yeah, and if you've got any crazy stories from India, let us know. Um, You can do that on Instagram at backpacking.around or you can write us an email at backpackingaround01 at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you guys. What do you what do you think? What do you think about the podcast? You got any uh, advice for us to improve it? We really want to hear from you. I couldn't agree anymore. And one quick thing before we go: if you're a listener and you want to come on the Backpacking Around podcast, let us know. If you've some travel stories you want to share, let us know because we would love to have you, the wonderful listener, on our podcast. That would be amazing. So thank you for watching. Stay tuned. We got many more fantastic podcasts coming your way. We got some incredible guests booked for the next couple of weeks. So stay tuned. Have a wonderful morning, afternoon, or evening, wherever you are in the world. Ciao, ciao. Ciao, everybody. (laughs)